You want to know something funny? Yeah, tell me something funny. <laughs> my landlord harassed Stephen and asked him why he didn't ask me to marry him yet. Which landlord? Your new the landlord? The new one. I love this person. <laughs> the new one. We were telling him that we're trying to get me on his uh, insurance. He goes, I have an easy solution for that. And we were like, what? And he's like, marry her. Where's the ring? How long have you been dating? <laughs> Welcome to the True Crime Bride. I am Megan Miles, and today we have one of my bridesmaids as the guest. Her name is Amanda Dupuis. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Welcome. Are you shy? I am. She's not shy. She's, she's going to get real unshy real fast because this woman, she's got moxie. She's got zest. She's got acrylics. No, she's, <laughs> she's got Vaseline blowing out got of her neck. She's got all my earrings. She's Hold them. Hold them. <laughs> so Amanda and I actually, we go way back. As I said, she's one of my bridesmaids, one of my best friends in the world. We went to the same high school. We went to the same high school, yeah. But we didn't really know each other right. until we went to college. <laughs> and like our second day of our major, our new major, yeah. I was like, I think I know you. And then we've been best friends literally ever since. Ever since. Yeah. So we went to acting school together. So that'll probably hopefully come out in this. You know, a little True. acting, a little zest, a little spice. A little improv. A little improv, <laughs> yes. Amanda is everything. She's a Renaissance woman. She's a charcuterie board biz. She's a director, a social media manager. What else do you do? Sing and dance. Sing and dance. <laughs> I, uh, you, con- she does literally everything. Creator. Content creator, yes, yeah. content creator. So at the end, we'll plug your socials. Thanks. We'll let everyone know where they can find you because they're going to fall in love with you, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope so. Um, so I hope that this is up your alley, but we're going to see. No, I'm so excited. It's an interesting subject matter. I'm so, so excited. So this case is the murder of Molly Watson. Molly Nicole Watson was born December 15th, 1982 in Moberly, Missouri, which is in Monroe County. The town is exactly what you would think of if someone said, I live in a rural farming community. It is like safe. No one locks their doors. Idyllic. It it was also actually Amish country as well. So this is the part of the country that actually like people write about, like Mark Twain writes about. So like just to give you an idea of the kind of town they all lived in. Molly was a very lively personality She lived a life where she was always authentically herself. She was a very unique person, but she didn't care. Like, she was like, I'm not trying to fit into a mold. I am just going to be myself. And if I stand out, I stand out. I'm like, let's all be like Molly, please. 
She was extremely close to her family, including her brother, Tim. And as young kids, they would play together all the time. They just, like, they just had a great, normal relationship. It was awesome. They, by all accounts, it was just like an average, normal upbringing. She earned a bachelor's and a master's degree in psychology. And this led her into a career in education. She was incredibly smart. She eventually even was going to go back to school and get a second master's. I don't know if it was in like another level of psychology or something, but like she was just always wanting to learn, always working hard, going to school. Honestly, can't relate. Wait, can I, I hate school. Can I'm I sorry, tell you Molly, what the thought like, I just had, which is me. terrible. <laughs> when you die, who pays your student loans? Oh my god! <laughs> Has anyone ever thought of that? This is the first time I ever thought of that. Especially, you're gonna go back to college. What are you, 150 in yeah, the hole? I know. 150 k in. Who pays for that? You're net. Like, are you ever? What are your taxes look like at the end of that? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> sorry, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> Anywho, sorry. Molly also had a big interest in YouTube. She would post weekly vlogs, and she would talk about her personal life and her passions. I wanted to be a YouTuber so bad. Like, yeah, first too. of all, they make so much money. Me too. Like, people, you know, like have like substantial amount of following. Yeah. Like, we should, we could still do it. Can we? Yeah, of course we can. Listen, I'm going to be 10 minutes away from now. I know. Starting next week. I know. So, don't, <laughs> Amanda's don't tempt moving me. 10 minutes away. So. Don't tell me. I have a deck now. <laughs> you let us know. <laughs> I, you have a deck? Yeah. Oh, that's really exciting. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to Molly. Molly was a super creative artist. She enjoyed making costumes. She was really into cosplay. So she would make those costumes and the props and like all the things that went with it. She was really into singing as well. I don't know. I'm a singer. Are you a singer, Amanda? Maybe. Yes. I don't <laughs> sing on YouTube though. And maybe I should. You maybe should. should. Are you kidding me? Come on. You should. Molly called herself a geek. She noted specifically in one of her videos on YouTube, she was like, I don't want to be called a nerd because nerds know and geeks do. Apparently that's a phrase. She wanted to be known as a doer. She was Same. like, do not call me a nerd. I'm a geek. It was like she was passionate about it. She loved fandoms and especially loved Marvel and Disney. She loved animals. She actually had five cats of her own. And one more thing that I loved learning was that she had a small nail polish business called Shine Spark. And oh, she, she did a lot of she stuff. She did a lot. She had Who nail? has the time? Wait, nail polish? No, or she nails? made her own nail polish. Like actual in How bottles and stuff. you make your own nail polish? I know. She was like a real creator. She like was just making everything, doing everything all the time. Excuse me, what are you, you, you're like, I need to learn how to make money. Yeah. How the hell? Well, I know that a lot of it was because she was like, well, it was, it's expensive, which Wait. nail polish is expensive. I got to ask now. Good. Did you pick her because she sounds like me? <laughs> My biggest thing in college, which drove Megan nuts, and we would go to the store, especially like, say it was like Michael's or Home Goods or something. And yeah. I was like, I can make this. Yeah. Every single time, every aisle, it'd be a pillow, a rug. I can make this. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I think I made a lot of that shit. You did. No, you actually could make it, but like, but you're who has the time? Me, first of all, <laughs> who I'm like, I don't make anything. I pay for everything. That's where me and you were like yin yang. I'm total I opposite. I know balloon arch. I try Damn to right, be I that like a, I try to be like a DIY bride. And Aaron says, absolutely not. You're not doing this. No, you're not doing this to me. That's Specific. Fair. It's a it's a hate crime. That's, that's, <laughs> that is a hate crime. Towards, towards you. you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Molly first got married in her early 20s, but it didn't work out. And after only two years, yikes. they would get divorced. <laughs> what you said? I said yikes. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, can you imagine? I want you to close your eyes right now and think of yourself in your 20s. You want to get married to that? Absolutely not. <laughs> and I say that on purpose. <laughs> can you imagine? This is a thing people do. I'm I'm, I think by I'm it. jealous. Like, I'm not, I am, I think no I judgment, too, no shame. In fact, celebration. Yeah. Because how that you are 20 something and able to do that, bow down to you. Yeah. And like, you know very well that like you want to do it and you can just like leap on in. I'd love to leap on into that. Well, you know, I can't even is, leap on into a, like a big purchase. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a lot of trauma. <laughs> I have a lot of trauma. <laughs> too much trauma. I still have an irrational fear that I'm going to be a teen mom. 32. <laughs> I'm well aware that it's irrational. So we're zombies. I'm terrified. But like, this is where my trauma lies. (laughs) We haven't even gotten into the crime. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There's been no crime. (laughs) Two and a half hour later. Molly would find out that she was pregnant while going through her divorce with their son. Oh, that's terrible. That is terrible. Like the timing, ugh, like the timing is just so tough. But she gave birth to her son, Declan, who was born with cerebral palsy. Oh, Declan was her absolute world. And the two of them were just inseparable. It was like them against the world. It was awesome. While Declan was a baby, Molly reconnected with a woman that she went to kindergarten with named Amber Brady, who she had known previously. And they actually remember like hating each other, I guess, in kindergarten. Like, I don't know what kind of rivalry they had. But they ended up being in each other's lives and actually ended up falling in love. And they were in a five-year relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amber helped raise her son, Declan, and they became a little family. It was awesome. Oh, that's really sweet. Molly got a job as a correctional officer in a nearby prison called Moberly Correctional Center. And she met a man named James Addy. I will refer to James Addy just as Addy as her last name. That's just what how I wrote in my notes. No That's special fair. reason. Just how I did it. <laughs> so everyone's aware. Addy. <laughs> Molly and James got, as I just said, I was going to call him Addy. I literally, I'm calling him Addy. Addy and James. <laughs> like, don't, don't the two of you fuck it up. James, fuck. <laughs> God. <laughs> Molly and Addy got really close and their friendship would go on to develop into a romantic relationship <gasps> While she was with Amber. Of course, Amber had no idea. And one day, Amber ended up finding them together in a motel where they were hooking up. She, like, knocked on the door, and Molly answered the door, and Addie was in the back getting dressed. And so she found them. (sighs) You guys. Cheating is not good. (laughs) (laughs) I know why I'm here. Amber was obviously, it's so sad. Amber was obviously very unhappy, as you you would be. Yeah. Just to put it lightly. Yeah. Amber was a little pissed off. Yeah. I don't know that rage. (laughs) No, I know nothing about that. That's crazy. Uh, Molly decided to split with Amber and began a serious relationship with Addie. And she also then moved in with her parents. So she moved out of the home that her and Amber shared. And moved in with her parents with her child and started this new relationship. Like, just totally shifted her entire life. So Amber was understandably devastated to lose her entire family that she had built with Molly. But Molly was head over heels in love with Addie, despite their 16-year age difference. Yeah, like, he was 16 years older than her. 
not honestly not a big deal. Like in at that age, it's legal, whatever. But you know, it's just worth noting. Just it's worth noting. definitely worth noting. Yeah. So a little bit about James Addy. Okay. He was born the fourth of July, nineteen sixty-five, in Missouri. He was had a normal upbringing as well. He enlisted in the Marines as a teenager, and he served in Desert Storm. He was married four times. Uh, he worked as a mechanic and had two kids, a son and a daughter. He would go on to get a job at the local prison, Moberly Correctional, where he spent many years working before Molly had even started working there. He worked his way up to, in the ranks. He became lieutenant and eventually would go on to, I guess, hire Molly, and they started to become friends. Oh. Uh. Yeah. They were very close. They had a strong mutual respect for each other. They traveled. They explored. They were just generally a really happy couple, the two of them. When they started dating, he admitted at the time that he was married, but he and his wife were in the middle of divorce proceedings, and it was just taking a very long time because they had two children involved. And it was, and like we know that these yeah, things that could take years. a while. Yeah. yeah. In October of 2017, so it's not that long ago. Addie told Molly that his divorce was final. And Molly said, well, can we get married? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, that was the proposal. Wait, stop it. Yeah. They just, like, agreed to get, they were, she was like, well, can we get married now? And he's like, okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was a little bit more exciting. (laughs) I was like, would you shake hands and go, I don't know, have dinner? (laughs) But she was like, oh, you're divorced? Like, does that mean we can get married? And he was like, okay, sure. And that was it. High five. (laughs) She was fucking thrilled. She's like, I'm planning a wedding. Yay. So seven years into the relationship, they were together seven years. Oh, wow. Molly would go to tell her family that they planned to get married. And she talked about it nonstop. She was planning a Disney Renaissance wedding. And her colors were burgundy and gold. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's actually really nice. That burgundy and gold, like... Was it, like, fall? They were supposed to get married in April. Oh. All right. <laughs> Good okay. colors year-round. Yeah. Those are a nice combo. Yeah, I never even thought of that combo. It's, um... Elegant. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Elegant. No, it really is, though. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> so, she was having an absolute ball planning. Like, we love planning weddings. Kind of. Um, she hired a wedding planner, same. Um, yeah. And she even had two dresses because she couldn't like choose one that she loved more. So she just like got two. Like, okay, budget queen. Yeah. Okay, like you better have a huge budget. Like we love. Wait, that's amazing. Yeah. You're like, I, I, she better not have. <laughs> Which I, I'm, I'm glad I found one that I liked. But to found two, yeah, like, that's to find true. Two and then buy two. Like it's like. You better, like, love what you look like, girl, like, yeah. in this dress. Like, yes. I get it. Okay. So here's the rub about this whole situation. Molly's family didn't know Addie at all. <gasps> They've been together seven years. They didn't even know his last name. And they're engaged. It was incredibly odd, and their relationship was, v- like, majorly concerning to all of them. Because they all, like, were super close to Molly. And this man spent no time with them. Like, I think that they had, like, seen him over the years here or there. But he would, like, never look them in the eye when they were together. He would, like, dodge questions. But Molly was, like, head over heels in love with this man. And they seemed to really love each other. So it was, like, one of those things. It's like, well, what are we going to do? It is what it is. Maybe this is just the way he is. Molly's brother, Tim, he overall 
said that he just had, quote, bad vibes. He felt that he was a con man and using Molly for her money because when they were together for those seven years, Molly paid for everything that they did. Which... Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Talk, we all, all yeah. pay. And like, <laughs> we go in a Dutch, yeah. right, on everything for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Pull the card out. We'll both do it together. One, two, pull the card out. <laughs> yeah, that, like, that is a, that's a red flag. That's a you huge know? red flag. Um, There should be some sort of like joint thing on expenses in your life. Yeah, can you pay the gas? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could see like, one of you paying more maybe if like one of you is doing better what like whatever the case is but for seven years for her to be paying for everything that's very concerning and didn't you say he's 16 years older yes that's crazy. and her her superior work yeah so he's probably obviously making, making more yeah yeah tim her brother felt really put off by all of this he was in, even like unsure if he was even like go to the wedding and now this is like you know a few days before and he still was not sure if oh, he wow. was gonna go all the while, Molly insisted that she loved him, they were soulmates, and was just so in love and just so happy to be marrying him. So at the same time, you know, they say, okay, we're concerned, but we see how happy she is. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to support her. So I understand. Yeah, you don't want to, like, lose your, yeah. your family. You, like, love her, and, like, you don't yeah. always understand what people are doing, but you can voice that. Yeah, you can be, be concerned. Like, yeah, you could be concerned. <laughs> and I know that there's people that probably have a lot of tact with that, and then a lot of people that probably don't. They're probably like, what the fuck's wrong with him? Why do you want to talk to me? The fuck? Sorry, we're from New York. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's people like... That's an Easter you know, dinner like, conversation. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's you know, true. are you going to be nice about it? Or are you going to be pissed off after seven years? Seven years. You don't know his last name? That's weird. That's wild. I can understand maybe you guys aren't like besties, but to not know his last name? Yeah. Weird. So while planning their wedding, there was a tragedy that occurred. Addie told Molly that his ex-wife, the mother of his children, who he had just divorced, was in an awful car accident and was put on life support. Despite this, they agreed to keep planning their wedding. They decided to move forward, but Molly understood that this was a really tough and complicated time and he was going to have to like help his children do this. Yeah. So while, yes, they are divorced, you know, he was helping plan the funeral and was helping like his kids grieve the loss of their mother. And like Molly understood that and was like very supportive, but they agreed, you know, there's still a few months out from the wedding. Like, let's continue booked. We can still do this. April 25th, 2018. This is two days now before their wedding. Molly and Addie went to the courthouse to get their marriage license. The county recorder said that Molly showed up before Addie and was thrilled and bubbly and just like enjoying being there. And he actually said, he's like, I enjoyed talking to her. She was very pleasant and kind. He helped her work through the paperwork that was required. You know, you need like an ID and like certain documents and all this stuff. You have to actually sign paperwork saying, I am not married. Like I... Oh, really? You know, yeah. Like, you just have, like, they don't look it up in some database. We have to, like, swear on paper that you are not literally married already. And, you know, things like that. That's the kind of stuff you have to do there, which I had no idea. I know we have to, like, go get a license, but I had no idea. Like, yeah, I don't know how that works. I had read you have to, like, bring your social security card, which I'm like, where is it? Like, (laughs) am I I not going to be able to get married? Like, (laughs) Like, that's amazing. He said that Addie showed up late and was in a, terrible mood and it was clear that he literally didn't want to be there the whole time like molly was trying to embrace him and trying to be like oh my god 
we're getting married. We're getting our marriage license. And Addie was defensive and really annoyed that he had to like fill out paperwork and that people were asking him questions. And he was really defensive about the questions. Questions like, are you married? And okay, you were married four times. Why did all your marriages end? Now, I don't know if that's a requirement, but I don't know if it was, you know, this man was just making conversation, which that's like a weird question to ask if that's just like... Yeah, if that's just like a simple simple question. I've never gone to get a marriage license, so I don't know what they ask there. And I think it's different everywhere. state? Yeah, I think so. So he was defensive. He had said that his fourth marriage to Melanie Addy had ended in divorce six months before. But he was visibly rattled by the questions and like it was an immediate red flag to the reporter at the time. This man, the recorder, would later testify to all of us on trial. So we're going to hear from him again. Wait, you have footage? Oh, yeah. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to shut up. (laughs) We're a court baby. Molly started to understandably feel this like distance And she actually started to feel like a little bit of cold feet because like he's two days for their wedding and he's acting so uninterested in being married. And, you know, but also, you know, he's going through a lot in his personal life. So she was kind of like trying to figure out what was going on. So she would actually text him things. Are you sure you want to marry me? I know I have anxiety. Like, does that piss you off? Like, you still want to marry me besides my anxiety? Like, terrible. Horrible. Yeah, this should never be what you're thinking of days before. But Addie would respond and, like, assure her and be like, I love you and, like, I can't wait to marry you. So, like, his behavior in person was obviously different than the text, you know. Yeah. So before this whole courthouse incident with the marriage license, we are now a week before the wedding. So we're going back in time. Addie told Molly... That Melanie, the wife who was on life support at the time from the car accident that she was in, had succumbed to her injuries and had passed away. So now it is days before their wedding and Addie has to be there for his children, like who had just lost their mother. And he actually is also helping plan his ex-wife's funeral. You were married for like 23 years or something and, you know, he was involved. The death caused stress at a very stressful time in their lives, but they agreed to move forward with their scheduled wedding despite this horrible news, which it's a horrible situation to be in. Horrible. You know, like your wedding is in a week that's been months in the making and she passed away. It's just obviously, but it's, it is what it is. You know, they decided to move forward. A few days before the wedding, Addie and Molly met with their wedding planner at the venue to drop off decor and go over things, you know, with the planner. And the planner said that Addie was shy but he usually always was so like it wasn't really out of character she did ask him hey are you excited for the wedding and he said well molly's driving me crazy oh so that was the only thing he said wow (laughs) which like if we are a few days before my wedding my wedding (laughs) whoops our (laughs) wedding and you have the audacity to say oh she's driving me crazy i will just punch you right in the the noggin the (laughs) noggin kisser all right you're gonna have a black and blue oh my God. because that is not appropriate <laughs> it's not appropriate oh my god yeah that's insane yeah on april 27th 2018 a man named glenn mcsparren was driving down a desolate back road at night to bring his daughter to oh his no. mother's house they were both really tired and they were in like a very remote desolate area like i said so they took a shortcut he was familiar with the shortcut a lot of people took the shortcut it was like through this back road and like across a creek this would lead him through the intersection between 
Route M and Highway 151. He saw a car facing towards him with their lights on. And then he saw another car like down the road and was stopped off to the right, like beyond that car, which is really weird. Like he's been down this road a million times. You you never see anyone. It's just so, so it was weird. And the cars were stopped. He said his first instinct was like, okay, they must be stuck because it looked like one of the cars was like sliding back and forth in place. Like someone was trying to get out of something and was stuck. And the other car was being driven by an older white male who he says was on the shorter side. So Glenn pulled up to the car closest to him, the one with the lights on facing him. And he, you know, slid down the window and was like, hey, are you good? You need help? Is someone stuck? And the man like jumped out of his car and said, I don't know where they're at. It might be a while. That's what he said. I don't know where they're at. It might be a while. So Glenn was like, uh, okay. So he took that to mean basically like I need to turn around. Like it's not passable. It was like a narrow road. So he took that to mean, okay, well I should just turn around. This car is going to be stuck here on the road, blocking the road for a while. It's not passable. So I'm going to turn around. Glenn felt like that was really odd though. And he told his brother and mother about it when he went to go drop his daughter off. And he was like, it just didn't feel right. So he's like, I'm going to drop my daughter off. I'm going to go back. Which I would have done the absolute opposite. opposite. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. I'm staying away. Yeah. I don't die in horror movies. No. That's what I believe. <laughs> no, I'm staying. I'm glad that he got his daughter yeah. out of there and he didn't like choose to do that in the moment with her. Like he's a smart man. I wouldn't even have stopped. I have a kid in the car. Yeah. <laughs> That's me though. But like he, he's like, oh, you know, small town where nothing happens. And he's like, you, go, you good? You stuck? I would be like, I'm, I don't see anything. <laughs> So Glenn heads back. He reaches the area and he gets there and he sees one car. He sees like not the one that had the lights on the first time, the other one that was stuck going back and forth. He sees that car and next to the car, he sees a woman laying down on the ground. Now the body appeared to be deceased. So he got closer and yes, the woman was deceased. She was wearing her pajamas and appeared to be struck in the back of the head. And he immediately called 911. Police got to the scene and confirmed that it was the body of Molly Watson after running the vehicle's registration. At first, investigators suspected that there was blunt force trauma to the back of her head, but after they were able to get a closer look, they saw that she actually had been shot at point blank range in the back of her head. They knew right away that this is a homicide. Oh my God. Molly's belongings, her purse, her money, her jewelry, etc. was all accounted for, but her cell phone was missing. Glenn was able to tell the police exactly where he saw the other car located when he was on the road earlier. They were able to kind of trace those steps and find a remarkably clear tire mark on the road where the car was said to have been stopped. They also saw the same tire mark near Molly's body. So they were able to take a cast of the print and they were near perfect tire prints. There's actually pictures of them. You can Google it. It, It's like this perfect tire because the soil was really soft is like moist. Wow. And it was like, it was like this perfect clear. And there's like apparently a rare tire. And so it was like an interesting. Is like, this my cousin Vinny? It's my, it's my cousin Vinny. Actually, I'm just reviewing my cousin Vinny right now. <laughs> so police were able to rule out a robbery as a motive because this person left a wallet full of cash, her diamond engagement ring on her hand. Everything's accounted for near her body. So, like, obviously that was not the situation. After searching her car for clues, they found her marriage license sitting on the passenger's seat in her car. During the investigation, a deputy was on his way 
back from the station, back to the crime scene, and he took a shortcut. Everyone takes shortcuts. In Missouri. They, actually, I, pretty, I think that's like a normal thing over there. But like through the like woods. My sister-in-law's from over there. Just drive on the roads, guys. Yeah. That's like, what they're like used to, though. It's like it's like how we take side streets. We're like, I'm not going on the southern state. <laughs> yeah, but they just drive through like deserted, desolate areas. That's crazy. I know. But they have the cars they have the that trucks. can like withstand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I would never make it in my Chevy tracks, but like here we are. <laughs> they need my '95 Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> so on the way back, he took the back roads, and he saw on one of these back desolate roads that he was taking a t-shirt on the road, just in the middle of the road. He stopped and picked up the t-shirt because he was actually close to the crime scene. So he was like, hmm, there's like nothing here. We're close to the crime scene. I'm going to pick this up. Good instinct, bro. Because that really came in handy later. (laughs) Is there blood on it? After being tested, that shirt had gunshot residue on it and Molly's blood. Now this is like not... Like, super close to the crime scene, but it was, like, on the roads leading away from it. Yeah, he threw it out the window. Mm -hmm. Molly's autopsy revealed that she had been killed by a gunshot wound to the back of the head with a small caliber weapon, and the gun was pressed directly on, you know, against her head when she was shot. The bullet was lodged into her head, but it was completely destroyed in her skull, so there was... No clues, you know, there's no way of tracing it to a specific gun or, like, the type of gun that killed her. Like, that's how brutal this wound, this murder was. It's too close to the head, Exactly. It was destroyed. That's what happens. Oh, my God. Investigators went back to the area where that T-shirt was found because they were like, okay, let's go search the whole area. There's obviously, you know, maybe there was other things discarded over there. And they were able to find an ammunition box for a twenty-two caliber rifle. They just left a box. Of ammunition. The night of Molly's murder, the officers had the awful job of going to tell her fiance that his fiance, whom he was planning to marry in two days, was found dead, murdered. The way they actually tracked him down was they were at the scene and one of the police officers found their wedding website and was able to then get his name and track him down, which is just devastating. Like it is just Absolutely. Like, that's how they had to find him. It's just, and they were set to get married in two days. And, like, this is just, like, the worst situation. Like, I can't imagine a more horrendous thing to have to go to someone's house and deliver this kind of news. You know, it's just, it's just horrible. And I don't envy to be in that position at all. It's just devastating. Around 2 a.m., they arrive at Addie's house to deliver the news that his fiancée was murdered. James Addie answered the door in a bathrobe. The officer entered the home And when he did, a woman would emerge from the hallway and ask him, who are you? What are you doing here? It was then that the woman introduced herself as Melanie Addy, James's wife, who was very much alive and well. She had her Lazarus moment, risen from the dead. She was risen from the dead. Guys, come on. This is great news. She was (laughs) safe to say that everyone was confused except James Addy. He wasn't confused. Holy he knew shit. the whole time. Yeah, he took a shower to get the fucking gun re- residue off. Oh of my head. god, you act like you know shit. <laughs> That's oh my god. So Melanie, second family. So Melanie was very confused, understandably, because there's police in her home and she has no idea what's going on. And the police were asking her who she was and why she was at the home of Molly Watson's fiance. Can you imagine? I mean, did she kill him right there? 
Uh, she, I would have. I, I would have too. <laughs> I Let me strangle you with the, but the she was tie still of trying your robe. To figure out. <laughs> I mean, robe. Yeah. <laughs> she was trying to figure out, like, what's going on. She was trying to piece it together. I mean, it's two in the morning. You know, imagine the shock of this. Yeah. And also, I think I had read that she actually thought. They got the wrong house? No, she oh. thought that, like, they were coming to tell him one of his employees died. Like, she was just, like, not, ex- like, she didn't know. You know that it, what it was here, like you know, because how could you? Yeah, when you're truly shocked, you know, yeah. like of course, right? Addie had to confess right then and there that Molly was his fiance, and that he had been cheating on Melanie for seven years. Let's think about that for a second. I can't. They were together for seven <laughs> years. They never. Do you want me to? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, let's think about it. No, Go it's ahead. terrible. Unravel it. It's terrible. What do you think? I mean. From some, from someone who comes from generations of second families mm. discovered, mm-hmm. it's just fucking awful. It's yeah. awful. Like wow, I especially don't in the mo like in, in the, the moment, moment. But then I guess like how do you know? Can, maybe you can like actually speak on what it's like to be Melanie now. Oh, like in, in, I mean, beyond. you obviously don't know what happens. I mean, we could talk about this at the end. Yeah, but like how to recover from this kind of like trauma. It takes a long time. Yeah. And like in the moment, I would be in shock if this didn't happen, if the police didn't have to hold her back from wanting to kill him. Mm. Like truly. Because I'm sure she lost her mind. That is so- I don't think it happened. I didn't find that anywhere and I, and I really dug, but maybe they just didn't document it. Yeah. You know? Because um, sometimes for stuff like that, this is, I'm only speaking because of, you know- yeah. Stories from Charlie. Yeah, of course. My dad, who was a cop for years. Mm-hmm. Um, certain moments like that, it's like distress. And yeah. how could you blame that woman? That you wouldn't report that because they're just receiving the... Of course. Yeah. They're just being human. Correct. So and that, like they're in their fight or flight. And like, how dare you hurt my children this way? And how dare... Like, it's just like it, your whole life is unraveling. No one would blame you. <laughs> like, not <laughs> even a little bit. Yeah. For going like, would you even hold nap. her back? I wouldn't hold her back. Right. Right. It's terrible. By law, they have to, which sucks. Yeah, no. But- <laughs> It's so insane. So I want to think about this for a second. So Molly and Addie were together for seven years. They never lived together. They never met. Wait. She never met his children. The family doesn't know his last name. They don't know anything about him. So this is like a crazy, crazy, crazy amount of red flags. But Molly is just like when you are love is. There's there's a reason why they say love is blind. blind. It's so true because like now, of course, you yeah. look at this and you're like, how could you not see this? How could, you know, obviously people around you saw it, but when you're in it, yeah, like you I've been it. in relationships where <laughs> I, nothing like this, but like have been blinded by yeah. it could reality. Take, <laughs> it could take months for you to finally see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like waking up from a bad dream. It is. And, and then like you wake up and it's, it is the dream. Yeah. <laughs> you're living the nightmare. <laughs> I know. It's really, terrible. It's so sad. Anyway, <laughs> back to Molly. <laughs> Don't cheat. Just break up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly, no, I would have an I would have a podcast. No, that's true. All right. No, no, like oh. I would prefer not to have a fucking podcast <laughs> about right. this. But like I'm just like I would prefer all these people survive, but at the same time like it's just how dare you think that you're so special? Yeah, how did you think you were going to get away with it yeah. too? Also, were they living in the same town? Yes. They worked at the town correctional facility. Like that's no, no, what, no, with the wife. Like the way his, where his house was with his actual wife. Yeah. And then mom Jesus. Seven years. Like that, it's it's hard to believe and I have no idea how it happened. How do you But I, I guarantee you that he had like, I don't see how there's any other possibility other than he had like very strict rules with her. 
you're not allowed to come to my house. You're not allowed to come around my children. You're not allowed to say this or that because he was protecting the fact they had a wife. The fact that he had a whole family and a whole, you know, situation going on because you had to have been controlling. Because, like, you know, my ass would be over there in a second. Like, I want to stay at your house tonight. Like, why do you never, like, I wouldn't, it would never work. Yeah. But, and also, you know, unfortunately, her child, that's, she probably had no, opportunity to truly stay anywhere else i wonder if that conversation even happened you know what i mean yeah she's a child with special needs yeah that and you can't really leave the house no like to go sleep somewhere else right so melanie informed the police that she had no idea about any affair that she was informed that her husband's fiance had just been murdered when everyone else was informed <laughs> i am today years old yeah yeah i am today years old when i found this out in fact Addie had always told Melanie that he had zero tolerance for anyone who cheated. And he just thought it was the absolute worst thing that anyone could do. Listen to me. If somebody is adamant about hating something, they probably are that person. You pick this one specifically. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want to say that as a general broad statement, but there is a lot of hypocrisy. And people that seem to hate things the most normally there's a few things i'm thinking of are normally like they're hating themselves but like dead ass though where did they think he was going good question. how much does this guy work what what oh well we're mm. gonna get into that part because it's because it's absolutely unbelievable as we sit here and talk but like i can't imagine like they just genuinely trusted him and it's terrible but it's like oh my god like where did you think he was yeah you know i mean (laughs) You can keep this or you cannot. My mom could kill me, yes or no. I don't care. But, like, my grandmother had, like, no idea. She just thought he was working. And then one day, my mother is, like, a teenager walking down the street, sees him with his other family. They look at each other dead in the eye, and he walks past her. Like, some people just don't fucking care. Did he come home and, like, sleep with your grandma at night? I I think sometimes. I don't know. There was always, like, fights, and he was there. He wasn't there. But still, it's, like... What? Well, the thing with this case, and I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it later, but Addie never missed a night sleeping at home with his wife what? in seven years. What? How could? Why would she ever think something was going on? He would sleep at home with her every single night. They were married for 23 years. Yo, this is a bad podcast. <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> I know, but like we have an unspeakable trust, but I guess that's, so did they. That's terrible. This man That's had, a very intense con artist. Yeah. She was so head over heels in love with him. And I, in a lot of ways, like just my observation is that Molly was very young at heart, very naive. And I think that she just really trusted this older man in her life. Yeah. Like why would he lie? Why? Who would lie about their wife being in a car accident on life support and dying? Who would lie about that? <laughs> crazy people. <laughs> Fucking crazy people. James Addy. Yeah. Okay. So please question Addy immediately. And at one point during the interview, they were at his home and he got so physically uncomfortable and like overheated from stress. So overheated and uncomfortable that he started sweating. And he, in the middle of an interview where somebody is asking him if he murdered this woman, where he just had to confess, he got up and he got a box fan and he like put it in the window. He starts like setting up circulating air. Sit down. <laughs> Sit your ass down. I don't care if you're hot. If I was the police officer, like imagine. Okay, listen. Actually imagine being the police officer that night. No, I can't. I can't. And, like, I don't. When you're like, wait. She, she's a lot. What? What the fuck? <laughs> like nothing 
nothing happens in this town and then this happens like what the I'm fuck? sure every I'm sure every cop is on the scene <laughs> yeah, I know they were all like get over here this is pretty fucking crazy <laughs> you know my ass would be there I'm, I'll just be like they're like you're not a cop I'm like I am tonight bitches yeah like, I want to be here for this party city open I'm getting a costume <laughs> alibi now okay we're getting to the good I can't shit now wait to oh see. You, you can't fucking you can't even imagine you can't make the shit what his alibi is addy's alibi <laughs> i can't even say it <laughs> i'm so excited addy's alibi was that he went to see a friend that night to pick up an avocado plant stop it at 7 p.m and he got home at 8 30 p.m leave America's favorite healthy fat out of this, you motherfucker. Don't you dare! Don't you dare bring make avocados <laughs> into this! Don't you dare bring up the prices of avocado any more than they already are! An avocado plant? I didn't even know. How dare you bring that up? I didn't up. know you could get one of those. I didn't even know they grew on. I never knew how they were made. So his wife, Melanie, recalls being frustrated that at 7 p.m. he decided to go get an avocado plant from his friend. Like, can you fucking please? Dinner's, you, on, dinner's on the table. I just made dinner. Addy. Why are you choosing right now to go get this? But he was like, I have to go right now. Right now at 7 p.m. on the dot to go get my avocado plant. Yeah, it's going to go bad in an hour. It's going to go bad. We know how fast <laughs> avocados go bad. Yeah, come on. Okay? Yeah. They're perfectly ripe right now. I want avocado toast yeah. for breakfast, bitch. You made tacos. I need some guac. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh Sorry, my I just remembered I have tacos at home. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so Addy told police that he spoke to Molly earlier that evening using a phone that his wife didn't know about, and he showed them the phone. Now, can you imagine? Like it just keeps getting worse for Melanie. First of all, Wait. everyone thought you were dead. Hold on, a and second. then the more I. Every time he opens his mouth, there's another thing that you didn't know about. He's like, here's the secret phone. I would have been flipping furniture, throwing it through the window. Like, it just, every time he's like, oh, the phone you knew nothing about? The burner phones that I've been hiding around the house for seven years? Fuck you. Are you fucking kidding? Like, I would have been. Wait, and this was 2018? Yes. I bet she was a flip phone. I don't trust nobody with a flip phone. I don't care who that offends. She didn't even know it existed. <laughs> Those don't exist anymore. Those I'm are not, burner phones. I'm not blaming Melanie because this is not Melanie. Like, Melanie. No, that's innocent. so sad. Innocent. She's a Both victim. Both women. Absolutely. However, putting myself in the situation of, like, I know nothing about my husband. Like, yeah. what a terrible like every like everything's a lie. Yeah. And like how do you not know he had a phone, an extra phone? I like haven't... it's just like the most degrading, devastating, like earth-shattering moments like and then he just killed this woman potentially. Yeah. Oh, well, he definitely killed this woman. <laughs> or like the police are here because he has a mistress that I just found out about that he potentially murdered. Yeah, I have a I have a crazy question. Yeah. You're probably going to say it later. Is his name actually not James? <laughs> no, it is. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He really messed up. I know. I <laughs> you're going to hit all those points? You're going to hit an avocado plant point? Are <laughs> you not even going to have a fake name? Yeah. No, you're right. He's Stupid. like, he's just lazy. That's what it is. <laughs> so he takes this phone out and he shows the phone and he opens it up and says like, okay, like right here, we talk for 22 minutes. 
earlier this evening. They also saw that Addie had texted Molly after she had already been killed asking what she had for dinner and that he loved her so much and eventually says, night, night, sweetheart. I'll talk to you in the morning before he then went to bed. <sighs> you have to be on These something else to be able to do that. Murderers. Yeah. With the texting. Yeah. Well, I mean. They think that's really going to be their fucking out. Like, they, that's they their think alibi. so smart. Forget the plan. Oh, well, I. <laughs> night, night. I, how would I have killed someone and then. Text it like why yeah. would I text it? Because you're because you're crazy. Are you you think <laughs> this is smart? I say this every episode so far. If you have a cell phone, don't murder someone because you're gonna get found. Like that is gonna be the smoking gun every time. Yeah, if you're living in 2023, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and don't like like there's cameras everywhere. Also, just like don't murder anyone, please. Please stop. But like <laughs> it just they're technology. You are being tr- we are being tracked at all times. And we're going to know where you are. Sorry. Like, period. Period. You know, so just Even don't on a do anything phone. shady. Huh? Even on a burner phone. Yeah. Well, because Molly didn't have a burner phone that she was talking to you yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> so, like, like it, it, so it defeats the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's actually, I've never thought of that. That's funny. So, after bringing both James and Melanie down to the station for questioning, because all this questioning was happening at their house at this point. At like 2 a.m. with like their kids upstairs Sweet sleeping. Lord. I think actually at the time just their daughter was living with them. Their son was like older and living out of the house. They immediately arrested Addie and charged him with Molly's murder, which is kind of nuts, but okay work. Yeah. <laughs> but like they just were like, it must be him. Oh no, did they fuck this case up? No. Oh, thank They God. didn't, but you know, looking back now, That's like quick. it is quick. And they had no other stuff, like n- nothing else. But they were just like, it must be him. Usually, you know, like in most cases, there's like this waiting yeah. period where, you know, you have to have evidence. Probable, you have to like <laughs> some problem. That's it. Evidence. Evidence That's is it. always a yeah. good, good thing to have. So. Melanie Addy, his wife of 23 years, the mother of his children, just saying that again, was understandably shocked (laughs) that her husband was cheating on her for the better part of seven years. He proposed to this woman that he was cheating on her with and then murdered her to cover up the affair. So, like, that was shocking. (laughs) Understandably. Yeah. So she said that Addy was home sleeping with her every night, which I mentioned earlier, and it never, like, occurred to her that he was unhappy in their marriage because there was no, like it was unfortunately never evident to her, which I believe. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's this so is messed why, up. This is why we have trust issues. Well, also he was, he was happy somewhere else. So yeah, like, that's so sad. It is. She said they had a very happy traditional life and marriage. They fought over money, like the regular things that you would fight over, you know, over 23 years. Yeah. They even clashed, you know, with their son over the years nothing extreme just normal yeah they just like disagreed on choices and things they did she didn't sense any changes and he actually covered up trips that he took with molly as business trips and he would produce like documents and like official letters that would like back up these lies about the trips and which i say wait what kind of business trips are you going on as a correctional <laughs> just officer about to say oh wait maybe transporting i but read still- that it was like conferences conferences like about this is how to be a better cop i don't know (laughs) but i was like but she didn't like question him which but like again we can't blame melanie this is not melanie's fucking fault but it's also like oh i just i just wish she got found out that's all that's all you know way before she deserved better like my god yeah it's just sad but like that's how good he was which is sick it is it's really sad also just like i don't know i don't understand 
how you're able to just do that. Just completely like shut off all emotion. Yeah. Well, he was, he was There's being no, completely yeah. fulfilled, you know? There was a trip to Cancun that Molly and Addie took together and Addie told Cancun. Melanie that he went with work friends. To which I say, <laughs> what fucking friends are you going to Cancun with that is not me? Yeah. I am your friend. I'm going to be real And we are right going now. to Cancun together. Can I tell you something? Okay. This is the first time in four years. Steven goes, um, I'm going to go upstate. <laughs> Some of my buddies next weekend. I'm like, oh, okay. Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Do you have a burner phone? <laughs> Who else? What are the names of people going? Yeah. Do I know them? Well, like upstate, like go, go off. Yeah, but like, have my, that's Cancun? my point. Cancun? You kidding me? You ain't getting on a flight without me. With your work me? friends? Who are your work friends? <laughs> work friends? Did she probably never hear Because I'm them. like, did the work friends know that he was married and also having an affair with their other work friend? Like, I, I don't really know. I don't know. I, I looked. There's no information that I could get. There's no work friends. Yeah, I don't think there are. Uh, I, there are no work friends. Yeah. There it is. Wait, do they not even work in a prison? No, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's they the Matrix. Do. They do. <laughs> Melanie mentioned that he actually got off of work at 3 p.m. on most days, but he often would not show up till 5 or 5.30. And she was always, like, really annoyed by that because she's like, what is taking you so long? We literally live in the town where you work. And he would argue with her and just say, like, none of your business. It doesn't matter where I am or whatever. She never really got an answer out of him and let it go. For seven years. <laughs> for se- Melanie. Seven Hello, years? You deserve better. I'm glad you're <laughs> out of that situation. She said she was absolutely shocked about all of this, but okay, this, hold on to your butt, okay? <laughs> hold on, hold because on this dish. line right here, which has come up in many sources, this happened. She oh, said these no. lines. Melanie, the wife, said that she was in absolute shock that all of this happened, but she does believe that he could be capable of murder. Wait a second. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. Did you always believe he was capable of murder? Or do you now, like, because this person is, like, a monster to you, now you're like, you know, maybe maybe it is that she's like, he could do all of this and ruin our entire life and lie for so long. Of course he could probably murder someone. Like, I don't know who this person is. Yeah. I hope that's the situation. I just feel like there's definitely an event in their life together. That he did something where she's not really that surprised. I mean, to say that. Yeah. I've been with someone that tried to run over their uncle while I was in the car. And I would be like, yeah, <laughs> he definitely murdered somebody. Yeah. But then, you know, it, you, you know somebody. The people listening you know to this are going to be like, what Who, who have you dated? She, she has seen some shit. I've seen some shit, guys. <laughs> Welcome to New York. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Yeah, I can't even. Serious? There's no judgment here on these women because I cannot speak. (laughs) No, of course, I haven't married them, but boy, the only person we're judging is the fucking murderer because these women are victims. Like both women are victims. Obviously, one lost their life. Yeah, but like Melanie had nothing to do with Molly being hurt. No, you know, and Molly didn't even know that Melanie was alive. You know, Molly had nothing, no bad part of this. Police asked Melanie if Addie had any odd behaviors that day, and she said no. He was completely normal. Melanie said that on the night Molly was murdered, he left the house at 7 p.m. to head to his friends for the avocado plan (laughs) (laughs) and didn't get back until after she was asleep. Were they growing the avocado plan? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, if it takes him like two and a half hours to go from work every day and it's down the block, like, God, she's probably like, I'm just going to go to sleep. Like, I know he's like... (laughs) So he created such a web of lies that he felt 
now this is my observation, he felt that he had to kill someone to get out of it. Which yeah. To which I say, because this is very topical, because I don't know if you've listened to or know anything about the Murdoch trial. It's very popular yeah. in the news right now. Amanda and I were talking about it before that we actually started recording. And it reminds me a lot of Alex Murdoch in the sense of like, he felt he told so many lies that he had to kill his family, which yeah. I now look at this and I say, no one fucking cares that much about you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like leave the people, like the people's lives who you stole, people care about them. Do not fucking take innocent people's lives because you think people really care that deeply about what you do. Yeah. Like it's so unbelievable. He thought that he had to kill Molly because Melanie would just be so mad. Like what to find out that you're not, she's not invited to the wedding. (laughs) He he felt he was in so deep because you know what? You're not in so deep. Just fucking tell the truth and get out. Like tell the truth. But instead you murder someone. It's just selfishness. It is. Because in that moment, they think of nobody but, yeah, no one but themselves. Yeah. Like, imagine thinking you are so important that everyone would just be so devastated and ruined by your choices that you're like, you know what, I should just murder something. Like, that'll make it easier (laughs) to deal with this. It's insane. I'm just amazed that he thought he can get away with it. Oh, yeah. You have rare tires. I know. What kind of tires? But, like, legitimately, you literally have rare tires. I know. Like very you live easily in the smallest town. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not small, but you know what I mean. Yeah. In the early hours of April 28th, so this is hours after all of this happened, where the police showed up at 2 a.m. Melanie was blindsided, and she went back to her house, and she started to like look for any trace of any evidence. She's like, I want to find, you know, another phone or photos or like just in. I want to find the like, evidence of this affair. Yeah. So she's ripping apart their house. She actually went to the attic after finding nothing in the basement or anywhere else. And she found boxes in the attic with Molly's name on them. It, it turns out they actually were storing Molly's belongings in their home. Oh and she had no my idea. God. She had no idea. Then she came across a locked chest that she was able to get open work. And inside <laughs> there were photo albums, seven years worth of photo albums of Molly and James and their relationship, photos of them on various trips and et cetera. There was one trip that they took in particular to Mexico that was documented that he actually took an identical trip with Melanie (gasps) to the same resort. They ate at the same restaurants. The pictures were like identical. It's just with Molly instead of Melanie. Coincidentally, James and Melanie's daughter's prom was the very next day. So it was that day, April 28th. So essentially he killed Molly the day before his daughter's prom. So Melanie being, you know, a mom was like, I want to protect my daughter. And so she was like trying to act normal. So on the morning of April 28th, Melanie tried really hard and her daughter came down in the morning and noticed that her grandparents were there. And now that was weird. Yeah. She's like, that's a red flag. They explained to her, they were honest that the father was taken in for questioning, but they didn't say for what. Now I would be like, Excuse me? Like, <laughs> I like to just leave it at that. That's yeah. incredible. Incredible. But it wasn't until after prom that now this is 2018. So a friend literally just like went up to her and was like, look at this article. <gasps> yeah. That's how she found out that her dad was being charged and accused with murder of his mistress. Oh my God, that's terrible. So it was like the most traumatic and awful thing to find out. But his daughter, Emma, actually recognized her father's <gasps> mistress. They had met before. 
In fact, she had been in her home. (laughs) We'll get to that. In April of 2021, Addie went to trial for the murder of Molly Watson. Glenn, the man who had spotted them on the road that night, testified that he didn't get a good look at the man who he engaged with that night because the headlights were just blinding him and shining in his face. But he was able to describe the car that he was in like perfectly. And that was the exact description of Addie's car. On top of that, the cast of the tire marks from the scene and next to Molly's body were a absolute perfect match for the Goodyear tires on Addie's car. And the state brought in an expert in tire track analysis during the investigation. And then he would then later testify. He was able to confirm like 99.9% that the tracks matched and were consistent with the right rear tire of the vehicle. They were the exact same thing. There's pictures on the, like, please go look. It's insane. His defense argued that there was no scientific proof that Addie had been at the scene of the crime based on tires. Okay. Wait. (laughs) Which, okay, yeah, we know it's not scientific, but it's like literal proof. Like, I don't, okay, it's on DNA. Yeah, someone also identified your car. Yeah, exactly. To a T. The defense was just... Yeah, no, it was no interesting. They were, you know, like it's if you think about being a defense attorney, you are le- legally obligated to defend these people. It's and in a lot of cases, they're wonderful, like and they're needed, and obviously yeah. everyone deserves a fair trial. But this was just stacked against them, and they but they're obligated to come up with a defense, and it's it's just like sometimes really really interesting. <laughs> That's like the murder case when they're like, "Look, he shit his pants." Yeah, like, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a meme that was like. His brother really took to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing, nothing but the but truth, the truth too far. <laughs> he was like, and he had diarrhea, but not like diarrhea in the toilet, diarrhea in his pants. I just want to tell you something. Like, if I were Murdoch, I would have just like, stood up and been like, I'm guilty. Just take me now. Let this man shut the fuck up. <laughs> End it now. What, what can I do? Just make it fucking stop. <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> Prosecution argued that they found a <laughs> rifle in James Addy's house that had 22 caliber bullets in it that were consistent with the Thunderbolt type of bullets, the same bullets that were found near the T-shirt on that road. So unfortunately, that doesn't prove that that was the murder weapon or that Addy was the one to even use that gun, but it just is an interesting coincidence, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prosecution produced evidence by way of cell site simulators to track down where Molly's cell phone was located on the side of the road. So Molly's phone was missing from the scene. They were able to have like some simulator in the, this is what I'm saying, guys, do not, like you're never going to get away with anything. (laughs) Find my phone was on. (laughs) literally found her phone on the earth. Like it was in, amazing. Oh God, where was it? Uh, It was on the side of the road. Oh, it was on the side of the road? Oh man, I wish it was like in the house. Yeah. (laughs) In the attic. In the yeah. <laughs> so they were able to retrace her steps with the data on her phone to say that she drove from her home that night to where she was killed while she was literally on the phone with him. So the phone call was 22 minutes long, exactly. And the GPS says that it is a 22 minute drive from her house to where exactly she was killed. The call started at 7 p.m., which was the time Addie left the house where his wife and daughter saw him leave the house to pick up the avocado plant. Was she driving to him, maybe? Yeah, they were, like, meeting up. And, um, yeah. Molly was also in her pajamas and slippers. So it's just an assumption that whatever Addie said to her on the phone, you know, provoked her to quickly leave and meet up with him. 
I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like urgent. And yeah. for them to then speak the whole time on the way, you know, they could have been arguing, could have been whatever. There was an app on Molly's phone called Drive Sense by eSurance. It's like that, that thing that? you sign up like to get a discount on your car insurance so that they like track your driving and see if you're a safe driver. Like if you are, you get like a discount. Yeah. They still have it. They do. Oh yeah. They do. We were supposed to sign. I think we were supposed to sign up for that, but we never did. Cause I was like, I don't know. Um, they were able to see her GPS movements and the data confirmed that she, yes, she drove that 22 minute drive from her home to the place where she was killed that evening while she was on the phone. In addition, they found text messages before the murder between the two of them, which I'm going to share on social media because I have screenshots of it. But in these text messages, he tells Molly that the funeral for Melanie oh my God. is scheduled for tomorrow, the day before their wedding. She was murdered two days before their wedding. So the funeral was supposed to be one day before their wedding. But Molly was like supportive and kind and she understood she was like, this is obviously not the yeah, best time. Yeah, I'm here timing. for you. She, yeah, she was here for him. But in reality, it was prom that he had to be at. Yeah. So he had to be there for <clears> photos. <throat> he was yeah. planning ahead. Sick. He even was so outrageous in the text that he at one point was like, oh, I'm, so, I'm heading to the airport. I'm heading to St. Louis airport to pick up family who are flying in for the funeral. Oh, I'm so stressed. Like, full out acting, amazing BFA. He probably thought that they would never know this because after he left her body on the side of the road, he took her phone and rather than destroy it, he just threw it out the window into a remote area. I guess he thought that that was like a good idea. Yeah. Now, I'm not telling you to do this. If you're like, there's so many other ways to dispose of a phone. Yeah. (laughs) Like in water, crushing it. Like anything else. Tossing it. Into like for someone to find it, like or don't murder, or yeah, I mean it's all like this is all under the umbrella of don't murder, yeah. But yeah, there's but so it's just many supposed other to show ways. that he's such a fucking idiot, yeah. Like he's so stupid. I don't know. Like it kind of suggests like was it premeditated? I was gonna say it doesn't sound like it was premeditated. It doesn't sound like he planned it out. So oh, I just wrote I just wrote in my notes that this is so lazy and poorly planned. Like it's embarrassing. <laughs> it is. Like, also, you should be embarrassed. two days before your wedding, who could possibly do this? Bro, you look so guilty. Someone with a secret life. Like, how could it not be you? You're so dumb. Also, what's the end game? Like, what do you think? Like, <laughs> you've Seriously. been planning this. What was the end game yeah, for you? Yeah, where was that, like... What did you think was going to happen? And, like, you allowed it to get so close to the actual wedding. It makes you look so fucking guilty. It's insane. Yeah. Prosecution suggests that he did this in hopes that they'd postpone the wedding and he'd have more time to figure out how to deal with it all. I guess so they're saying, oh, well, he mentioned that the funeral was the day before so that hopefully Molly would be like, like, you know what, let's postpone. (laughs) But that never happened. She kept saying, let's keep doing it. Like, He's like trying to yes end and she's not taking it. Yeah, she's like, she's go actually, no, she's playing along. She's like, yeah, let's just, yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, forensics on her phone revealed that the day before the murder, Molly was actually searching on her phone for the obituary for Melanie. (gasps) So, this might suggest that she maybe has some suspicions about the truth. Obviously, there was no obituary because Molly's fine. They speculate that Molly confronted Addie about the lies, about the whole situation. She's like, I didn't find an obituary. And that maybe he murdered her to cover it all up because she found out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Also, I thought I was the only one that like looked for obituaries. 
Oh, of course I look for obituaries. Like immediately. Like, oh, I don't do it to like oh. prove that someone's dead. I, I do it because I'm just curious like about their life. Or I Most of the time, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest right now. I always want to know how someone died. Yeah, no, I do the same thing, especially like celebrities. I'm sorry. Sorry, well, everybody. Also, I feel like if, some, just if I curious. see someone died suddenly and it's like surprising to me. I'm always yeah, like what, like, what happened? happened? Yeah. Investigators also found. Oh, God. Okay, hold on oh, to God. your butt. <laughs> Saying, hold Inve- on to your butt. <laughs> Investigators also found evidence of text messages. Again, guys, if you have a phone, don't murder anyone. Is Fuck. it another woman? Uh, no, oh. no. Better. Addy sent messages to himself. Stop it. He texted his own phone. You can. Do I don't that. know. I didn't know you could do that. I don't know. Why? He texted his own phone, and this is a direct quote. Have a meeting tonight at eight. Normal place. You have to be there. Don't be a pussy again. Let's go, man. What? This man. What? This man was giving himself a pep talk via text. Via text to himself. The internet to murder his mistress. People are crazy. People are fucking. Yo, am I the only one that just stares at yourself in the mirror and have that pep talk? (laughs) The mirror works. It's free. What? It is free. Doesn't take data, (laughs) and no one can track it. You stupid idiot. Like, the fact that that was even, like, a plan for him. I can't imagine Google noting. (laughs) Have a meeting, you pussy. (laughs) You don't like saying pussy? I don't. Oh, sorry. I like pussy. (laughs) At the trial, his daughter Emma and wife Melanie decided to take the stand and testify against him for the prosecution. Work, work, Angelica. (laughs) Work, work. I'm obsessed. Yes, you better. The only time he showed emotion the entire trial was when his daughter was on the stand. Emma testified that she had previously met Molly when Emma was set to attend Comic-Con and needed a costume. Her father was like, I know the perfect person who can make you a costume. And he took her to Molly's home where they sat down in her home and talked about Molly making Emma a costume. Emma had absolutely no idea that she was sitting in her father's girlfriend's home wow that's fucked up also ballsy like you're just Ball- so like, i wonder what the story was of like you know because i would be like how do you know this person <laughs> yeah well no he probably like, was like no we work together yeah but how crazy is that that you that's a literally a scene i know <laughs> child walks in thinks she's getting a costume attention yeah no molly thinks that she's probably meeting her for the first time Two or just totally Molly, different stories. But I, I know, but you think, like, do you think he said to Molly, okay, I don't want her to know that we're together because, like, you know, she's very oh, delicate with the yeah. divorce, blah, 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 so, like, just act like Probably. Friends, you know, because if she, he had to say something. Yeah, and that makes the most sense. Yeah. Emma also said that she was awake doing homework the night of the murder, and it wasn't until 10 p.m. that her father returned home that night. It has always been 8.30 p.m. He was home. Nope. Emma was like, no, I was awake. I was doing homework in the dining room, and he did not walk in until after 10 p.m. I drop. <laughs> Emma testified that he came home, did a load of laundry, <gasps> took a shower, and then came in, hugged her goodnight, and went to bed. Dare you wow. murder someone and go hug your daughter? Fuck you. She testified that he was acting a little antsy and that she actually smelled bleach. So this was all, you know, testimony that was after he's always been saying, I got home at 830 all along. And now his daughter's up there saying, no, he got home at 10. 
So this means his whereabouts for the time that Molly was actually murdered are completely unaccounted for at this time. Investigators called up the friend with the avocado plant, the person he was supposed to be hanging out with. Yeah. Does he exist? The friend was like, um, I know who he is, but I wouldn't say we were friends. And we absolutely did not have plans that night. And I, I'm adding this part. I don't have an avocado. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but like, how funny would that be? If he's like, I don't I, even like avocados. avocados. <laughs> they probably like, wait, they come from plants. I mean, exactly. they come from trees. God. <laughs> Defense. I tried to argue that <laughs> this is my favorite. Defense argued that he got home at 8:30, but he hung out in the garage doing things till 10, and so the daughter didn't see it. <laughs> what was he doing? What the fuck were you doing? <laughs> Pruning his avocado tree. <laughs> I hope that he had to go find an avocado tree somewhere. He made a big deal Wait. about him going out. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I never heard about whatever happened. How did that ever resolve itself? Did he have to go buy a tree? Because he's like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I said, buy tree. an avocado it's tree. It's so specific. Is Missouri known for their avocados? I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Wow. I know. Okay, so the nail in the coffin for Addie was that T-shirt. That was found on the road. The reason it was so significant was it was a one of a kind t-shirt. Of course it was. And it was actually made by Emma. <gasps> Emma was in high school. She had a graphic design class and she had to design a t-shirt. Emma had given her dad that t-shirt because she fucked it up. And she like remembers specific. She's like, I messed it up. I was so bad in this class. And I literally gave it to him to use as like a rag because I had to redo it and he could just have it. And somehow it made it to the side of the road with gunpowder and Molly's blood all over it. And she's like, there's one shirt that exists. And that's the, and that's the one, one I made. And it's the one I gave him. There's no other shirt like that. I made it. Defense argued that Addie had given it to Molly. And she had it on that night when she was murdered by someone else. But she was found with clothes on. So I don't know how. Whatever. What? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Melanie Addie took the stand against him at trial as well. This was after she had filed for divorce thank god she filed for divorce a few weeks after his arrest for the murder of molly james addy told the police that he was wearing shorts and boots when he left the house that night but melanie said that he actually was wearing blue jeans a black jacket and boots police never found those clothes defense tried to cast more doubts over the case you know in front of the jury they had evidence that addy paid a four thousand dollar balance associated with the wedding the day she died they argue, okay, so why would he kill Molly the same day that he pays $4,000 for the wedding that they're about to have in two days? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> to throw people off his scent. Yeah. Like, what? It's, Come on. You know, it's like, how were we born yesterday? <laughs> no. Or was it $4,000 for an avocado plant? <laughs> <laughs> and what, what they were having at the wedding was an avocado spread. Avocado bouquet. <laughs> Flowers are expensive. Two fellow inmates that were incarcerated at the same time Addie was testified at the trial as well. Stop. And really? You know, well, because they probably got promised something. I don't, I don't no, know. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah, it's true. You're that bad that yeah. you. <laughs> and when asked in jail, hey, why are you here? Quote, he responded, I put someone face down in a ditch. And while James did not plead guilty, he pled not guilty at the trial. He never once said that the inmates' accusations were false. Like, I read that, and I was like, why would he not say that? And I'm like, maybe he doesn't like 
he knows he has to see them later. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't really know, but I was like, well, why wouldn't he like go out of his way to be like, that is a lie. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, none of it makes sense. Though. None of it makes sense. So over the next three days, the prosecution called 20 witnesses to the stand. Wow. And when it was the defense's turn to call whoever they would like to call, they, they called, called the ab- avocado plant. They called <laughs> absolute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Imagine the avocado plant on the stand. It's like little shop of horrors. <laughs> so when it was the defense's turn, they called absolutely no one. <gasps> really? They called no one. What they is, had no witnesses. What is wrong with that? Not even James Addy. No one. They were like, we rest. And everyone's like, what? So apparently this is actually a common tactic for defense because the burden of proof is on the oh, state, yeah. right? So I guess the tactic is like, if you don't know, you don't know. So we're just going to be quiet. <laughs> like, the, I, I think that's essentially what it is because yeah. the defense is probably like, oh, shit. Like, you, like, they don't have is, anything. Like, we have nothing. So we're just going to like hope for the reasonable doubt part. Like they we're definitely took a recess and then they went into the room and they're like, the only T-shirt that exists. That's yeah. what you grabbed. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> one and only shirt. You stupid son of a bitch. Like, shit, I thought there was two. <laughs> like, I don't like. How, like really? How dare you? Yes, you're so right. The only teacher that exists, you fucking idiot. God. And your daughter is up there like a canary. (laughs) (laughs) Which, good for her. Yes, Emma. So on April 29th, 2021, closing arguments and a verdict were delivered on what would have been James and Molly's third wedding anniversary. (gasps) After 2.5 hours, the jury found James Addy guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Wait, how many hours? Two and a two, half. Two and a half hours. Which, I don't, why did it even take, take that long? take that long. Seriously. It took 45 minutes for Alex Murdoch, which we shouldn't... It says Wait, how long? Do, 45 minutes. Now, look. I believe he did it. Okay. Like, I believe James Addy killed Molly Watson. Like, 100%. But, like, we have to admit that the case is actually largely circumstantial like there are key things like the t-shirt right we're like okay there's one t-shirt in the whole world but there's actually no dna there's no blood found in a car there's no murder weapon this is all like circumstantial evidence that the prosecution argued and it turned out it worked for the jury but like it all is circumstantial evidence and had maybe he had a better lawyer Maybe we'd be in a different situation. On July 29th, 2021, they went back for sentencing and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. At sentencing, the victim impact statements were read by Tim, Molly's brother, and her son, Declan. And they were absolutely gut-wrenching. Here is some of Declan's letter. A letter from Declan. Today, I was asked to write this letter and I wasn't sure what to say until now. You took one of the most important people in my life away from me. She was an amazing, smart, and beautiful person. And sure, she wasn't a perfect person, but nobody is perfect. And she wasn't a perfect mom, but being a mom isn't about being perfect. It's about making good decisions for your child, and that's what she did. And I believe she only ever made one real wrong decision, which was believing in 
and trusting you. And you just kept lying to everyone around you. The only reason she believed you was because she loved you and looked past your flaws and was probably willing to walk to the end of the earth for you. And you couldn't be a little bit honest with her or anyone for that matter. That means you are the kind of man who is a coward, who has no regrets about his past actions, and you are willing to move on to the next person like they are just an object. And my mother was no object. She was more important to me than you can ever imagine. And I was more important to her than you ever were. So in a way, you took something from both of us. You took away my mom from me. You took away her son from her. Here's the bottom line. You now have to face the consequences of your actions. And I hope you now have to face them every day of your life. From Declan. Addie is requesting at this time a retrial after he says that his defense attorney failed to present relevant evidence in the defense of him, including that somebody was stalking Molly at the time of her murder. Prosecution claims there's literally no evidence to that, and they have no idea what he's talking about, wow. which I think is iconic. They're like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> As of today, there is no further information on a retrial, but it's highly, highly unlikely that that will ever happen. And unfortunately, and I guess fortunately that there was some justice served in the sense that he is in jail for life, yeah. that is the case of the senseless murder of the bride-to-be, Molly Watson. Thank you for being here, Amanda. Oh my God. Thank you guys. <laughs> and thank you for like, thanks for being so honest and telling us about your life and like how it, um, and just kind of giving us an insight on that and like yeah. on a real, on a um, person's experience that we can hear about. Yeah. Sometimes you hear these stories and it feels like they're not, you know, it just gives, you gave some reality to it. Yeah. So thank you for having me on. You're so welcome. <laughs> also, I'm, yeah. Um, as a bridesmaid, I would love an avocado plant. <laughs> America's healthy fat. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for being here. I want to plug your socials so everyone can follow you on your many accounts and your amazing businesses. So go ahead. So my social media account, social media manager and content creator account is Amanda Media Co. 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 All one word. And correctional officer. (laughs) My other account, correctional officer. No. And if you are local on the island, I have a fun charcuterie business where I do full belly boards. That's so the good. name of the account. Full belly boards. We like to full, fully feed you. <laughs> fully, fully belly. <laughs> You're going to be full if the one of my boards. <laughs> we love. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here and listening. And we will see you next time for a new case. Until then, talk to you later. 
Hey, make sure you're following the True Crime Bride on social media. You can find me on Instagram at True Crime Bride, on TikTok at Megan Biles NYC, that's M-E-G-H-A-N. You can email me at truecrimebridepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would be so kind, please leave me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This really helps the podcast and will help me keep delivering awesome episodes to you every week.